you can answer this honestly, and we, we won't get upset at all with you, Cammy. <laughs> um, do you look at the Welsh squad right now and think, with all them injuries, and think they're a weakened team, they're not the Wales we were expecting to meet, you know, a year ago or so? Um, do you think that, yeah, they're there for the taking? But I think on paper, regardless of which Wales lineup was starting, I would have expected Scotland to win anyway. Wow, that's a big statement, Cammy. <laughs> Radio Wales, everyone's going crazy. That's a, that's People are ringing in. Statement, that is. <laughs> but what a start for Wales. Victory here, four tries, 34 points to seven. Wales are up and running. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast. I am Cami Black and I'm joined this evening by Rory Baldwin. Hello. And John Anderson. Hi there. Head, heart and arse. It should be fine. Let me just check. It's fine. Hang on. Yeah, that's fine. You can't hear us over that. Good, lovely. Um, So it's head, heart and arse time. Um, We'll look back at the game against Wales and then ahead to the game against France on Saturday on Sunday um, now the whole idea of head, heart and arse is in looking back at the game head is the um, fair minded reasoned analysis heart the emotional response and arse is the negative so shall we just crack straight on and do arse chaps I think it was pretty much all arse anyway wasn't yeah. it yeah uh, what was the biggest arse for you Rory I think probably just the the, the shock of the shock of it being kind of unexpected uh, like I said in the earlier in hands in the rocket it, it just we weren't um, we weren't expecting that that to happen so it was a little bit more shocking I think it would just you know they just look so sort of so directionless it's it's funny because I mean it's almost it's directionless direction because they, you, they knew they sort of looked like they were doing something there was plenty of industry it's not like they weren't trying it's just that they weren't really doing anything very well and the number of sort of individual errors and stuff was shocking. I mean, Wales played probably as good a game as they've played in about five years. Um, but uh, yeah, just I don't know. It was yeah, it was it was pretty pretty grim, and it was probably one of the, probably one of the biggest arses was when they came out after half time, and you thought, okay, it's only fourteen nil. The Scotland team have got in them if Tooney's turned it around and somehow you know he's clicked his fingers and and uh, you know the Scotland we were expecting are back then actually 14-0 that's that's pretty doable and then they just conceded two quick two quick penalties for exactly the same thing um, and you were just thought no, that's that's it they're not they're not coming back from that because they just didn't didn't look kind of capable of it um, and uh, I mean I don't like to single out Barkley because I think he's been an excellent captain but you know those two penalties. He he was pinged for pinged for one, and then he did it did it exactly the same again. I mean, but maybe it wasn't until the second one he got the talking to from the ref um, as to what he was doing. It looked like he was placing his hands kind of on the ground beyond the tackle, um, and then and then going for the ball. And the ref was saying, you know, just get down there and get straight up the ball. I mean, I guess he was doing that to sort of balance himself or something, so he couldn't be cleared out as easily. But yeah, it was just. Uh, at that point, you just thought, no, how how do they get back? How do they get back into this? They're not going to. 
Yeah, I think that was my ass. Was just the 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 mental side of it. I think it was worrying that Toulouse I think came out uh, this week and has said that a fourteen nil down the heads went, and you just think I don't I don't get how a sort of supposedly professional international you know a team at international level can get to fourteen nil down and completely lose it. And maybe I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know if it comes down to the mental preparation. Like you know, we we were joking earlier with. Uh, Graham's letter to Jim Telfer about the, the this this idea that you you know you're going down to play this the Principality Stadium, which is the, you know the one of the biggest stadiums um, in the country. You got the roof closed. You're gonna have all that noise, and and yet and, and and he's he's prepared players all week doing this sort of high stress training where they're supposed to be able to think on their feet and deal with any situation in front of them, but then wraps them in cotton wool and keeps them at Murrayfield until the very last minute. And then just pretty much throws them in front of seventy-five thousand people, all making that noise and says, "Get on with it." I don't think you can prepare for that in training as much as you can do. You need to go and be amongst the thick of it, and they probably should have gone down two days earlier. And I would imagine being in a strange—I um, don't know—a you know, strange hotel using different facilities must have some give some sort of help in preparing you mentally for the fact that you you are going to go and play away from home. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. It just doesn't seem like that. I'm sure there's a, a reason for that preparation. And like you say, it probably is kind of comfort familiarity. But actually, that's exactly what playing away from home is not about. Mm. I did see, I can't remember, I was on some, I think it was the Planet Rugby Forum having a look earlier. And I did see some, uh, I'm going to guess he was an Australian wag, suggesting that, that uh, the... Um, the one thing that Scotland find out about uh, about playing away from home is that you can't you can't rig the uh, opposition's training grounds, which is presumably a dig at the uh, the rubbish conditions of Mill that Australia had. And you know, I could have pointed out to him that actually yeah, that uh, that didn't happen to Scotland because they trained at home. But yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, John, your ass. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, totally agree with you guys uh, in terms of the men- the mental preparation. And I think it would be quite interesting to actually find out or do a bit of digging into what other teams, particularly in the Six Nations, because it's it's bloody hard to win away from home anywhere other than Rome. But um, for me, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the stats don't lie, unfortunately. But um, no, for me, I think, uh, and funny, I've actually said the term, the stats don't lie, and I'm just going to say this. But um, (laughs) yeah, the line out um, was an absolute joke. It was it was incredibly bad, um, and I know the, the official stats or the ESPN stats or whatever said we'd only lost one line out, but that that doesn't tell the tale. Um, it was disrupted ball every single time. Um, there was plenty of squint uh, ball as well. Um, I don't know what went wrong. It was a strength in the autumn, and yes, yeah, I mean the the speed that like McAnally and Toulouse and Gray were getting the they were. They were lining up, boom, they were throwing it. It was a yep. quick, clean ball, and it was away. The line-out was, I think, it was maybe one or two across the three games that wasn't, you know, that was certainly the impression you got. It was almost like the line-out was, it seemed flawless. And then to suddenly it disintegrate as, yeah. Um, whether whether they just studied the video really well and figured it out, or whether, you know, I mean, Alan Wynne-Jones is no muck. He, um, he knows what he's doing in a set piece, and they just, yeah. The, the, it crumbled under the pressure, and that almost, I think, that took away took away one of the ways for Scotland to get get the ball ball away quickly. And I guess yeah. the you know 
throwing throwing passes to the to the ground probably didn't help too much. No, and there was no speed. There was no speed at all either. I mean, you think think about that that game against Australia where they were just like you said, really walking up and throwing. You know, almost within a split second of the lineup forming, that just wasn't there at all. Yeah, um, which is which is odd. Whether they've decided that they needed something a bit more measured, but it would seem you know that is actually one of the things that that worked. I mean, yeah, okay, your defence might figure you out, but you, there should be nothing stopping you from taking a quick line out, even sort of seventy thousand screaming Welsh people. I was shocked when it was when it was clear it wasn't working. Um, there was a couple opportunities where we're sort of taking the ball, um, and there was the opportunity to go quickly. And uh, in the autumn, like, we've, that that's a no-brainer. The, the ball gets passed and we go. And it just seemed like the guys they, they seemed they froze. And the the idea of playing this quick brand of rugby, they just totally lost confidence. Um, and that it's so quickly, it was it was really disheartening to watch. Um, what should we do next? Let's shall we do heart? Let's do heart next. We'll go backwards. Um, John, your your sort of emotional take from that game. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's there's um, some written words that support my emotional take from it. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was I was I was I was just extremely sad. I was I was saddened watching it because. Um, it, it, yeah, again, it's the you go into the tournament with the the hope, the expectation. The this this is possibly the first time in years we've actually went in and we've. I, I genuinely, genuinely thought we had a decent run uh, and a decent chance at doing well in this tournament. And if we play anywhere near as badly as we did uh, this this weekend, we will be lucky to walk away without the wooden spoon. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's what, that's what I mean. If we play as badly as last weekend in any of the other games, we are going to we're going to finish bottom. Um, so, yeah, just really, really disappointed. Uh, Rory, your sort of emotional heart take point away take away from the game. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was apart from ruining your birthday. Yeah, apart from my, well, my birthday was the day before, so oh, I, I had a cold, a cold room my birthday, but I thought the the Six Nations was going to cheer cheer it up. But uh, yeah, I think um, the just uh, they can't possibly play as bad as that again. Kind of that's the <laughs> that's the kind of that's the that's the fervent the fervent hope. Yeah, um, I think I I think for me the the. Sort of frustrating thing emotionally was that there just there was no from I would probably say from a large portion of the team there was no sort of controlled aggression or passion at all um, apart from maybe the exception of definitely Hoggy who has responded to the loss by just going back to Hoik and posting photos of Hoik on Instagram because he's so depressed <laughs> um, and Hamish Watson who just you know never stopped the entire game he was about the only one grabbing the game by the, trying to just sort of get some go forward even when the game was well lost he was the only one that kept going and it, you know that's at 14 nil down that's what you needed you, but we the, you know the heads went down and there's nobody yeah. it's hard to see and I don't know if that comes from Barkley as a captain maybe he's too I don't know if he's too laid back um, in the way that he's communicating in the way that he G's guys up it seems to me that when Scotland aren't on the front foot heads go down and there's nobody 
sort of willing to step up and say that we're still in this let's go out and smash them back or even just stick the ball up the jump for a little bit and sap the momentum out of the game yeah because I mean there was that was a thing I'm trying to think who it was I mean it might have been when with more more performance was in Laidlaw but certainly last year there were there were games and you see it with Glasgow when Glasgow are having a good game when if someone scores on them they just say okay we'll go up the other end and score yeah and we've seen we've seen them do it so the first you know you thought interception try okay that was a bit crap but you know they'll come back against that they'll 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 bounce back and i think it was just not not seeing that as you say just the usually there's a determination because the defense is often a little bit flaky we 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 rarely see perfect defensive performances from scotland but that's kind of counterbalanced by the fact that you know they're good for two or three tries a game you know at the least um and i guess they're well they're finding out that the six nations may is, is a different beast but even last year six nations you know they were scoring plenty of tries um and it's just where was the who, who is it that drives them to just to get up and to go back to to go back up the other end and, and score i mean i don't i don't know maybe um maybe barclay was a little bit it was probably quite strange for barclay having to be extremely competitive against 10 guys who he probably considers amongst his best friends you know yeah who are almost part of his family and now he's having to try and kind of he's having you know he's trying to break their hearts effectively um a lot of them you know getting you know getting debuts or early you know low numbers of caps and and this is them on their home home turf and it must have been quite strange for him yeah um and whether that maybe affected his performance i've no idea i'm sure he wouldn't probably admit to it but um, he did certainly seem a little out of sorts. I mean, I thought he started, actually, he started very well. He was flying about, throwing himself into things in the first few minutes. But then, yeah, after that, sort of up the, between sort of six and 12 minutes, they all looked a bit, um, they were, I mean, they were even starting to look a little tired. And, yeah, they just looked, looked shell-shocked. And I don't think, in, in honesty, they ever really recovered from that, that opening spell. Kind of came across as they... They weren't able to blow them off the park in the first six minutes, yeah. despite all the possession yeah. they had. And it was like, like we haven't won the game in six minutes, so the heads went down, and then yeah. the interception. It was, it was just, I've never seen the like of it. It was really, really strange. Well, yeah, the and first, think, yeah, the first Wales the try. Well, the first Wales try comes from because I was watching the, I did watch the highlights briefly earlier on, and the first Wales try comes from that Johnny Gray break. You know, he breaks, mm. gets close to the try line, and then. You know, five minutes or whatever it was later, then there's an intercept, and you know, I I don't get why the thinking isn't then. Oh look, well we were up there earlier. It was one mistake. Let's get on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange. Um, I think with Barclay as well, it was really interesting. I think you know, communication-wise, he didn't he didn't seem so you know thinking quite quite a lot about the, the the couple of penalties in the second half and it seemed his communication style at the weekend was just to stare at the referee with a sort of almost Greg Laidlaw-esque like what are you talking about ref rather yeah. than, I didn't see much communication from him which was about um uh, he's he's had better days in the office let's be honest I I actually thought we had the referee up until about 50 minutes I thought the referee was probably 50-50 on the calls and then after about 50 minutes you could just see after that that he just was going to penalise for Scotland for absolutely everything on the deck I mean yeah there was a couple it wasn't the same um, 
it wasn't the same same referee as the uh, the Calcutta Cup, was it? Because there are there's a couple there's a couple of the French, yeah. French referees certainly is oh, one of same guys yeah. the Australia Alton. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe he was expecting a bit more change or didn't get it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. He's not going to come out and slag off the referee. I mean, I think probably one, at least one bonus from that game is that nobody was talking about the referee afterwards. No. some in some respects, maybe it's maybe it's a pleasure that we're not whinging about the referee after that game, but. Um, I'm sure some, somebody will find something to win you by uh, the referee in that game if it comes down to bonus points or something yeah, at the top of the table come the tournament in because there were a few uh, there was a few Welsh tries that I think were uh, a little bit debatable and um, England or Ireland might have something to something to say about those. Yeah, um, let's do let's get our our heads back on. Let's do a reasoned reasoned look back then. What from a head point of view? In your sort of reasoned analysis of this, John, what what was it that went wrong, or what what what's your takeaway from the game? So I think I think we have to be clear. Wales were, I think Wales were really good. Wales played. Um, it turns out Gatlin's not as uh, big a, a mug as we all thought. Eh? Um, <laughs> who'd have, who'd have thought international coach uh, knows what he's doing? Um, no, I thought Wales were very good and they defended exceptionally well. Our, our strike runners had no time on the ball and I think you'll find with France at the weekend the first thing they'll be doing is sending big defenders up Finn Russell's channel to try mm. and rattle them um, because if you shut off the space and shut off the time which you know rush defence perfect um, you you can you can get to Scotland and you can stop them playing and there didn't seem to be a plan B which um, yeah that, that's been mentioned in the past I think we have to also note though Scotland and this is something I, I was criticised for obviously with the player ratings um, the suggestion that these players have become bad players overnight that's absolutely not what we're saying um, they didn't turn up on the day and so be it right we, we do move on and the, these are still exceptionally gifted players who have the potential to compete against any side in the world and they, they will do so and I fully expect a, a backlash at the weekend from them uh, I, I, yeah I'm absolutely certain we'll, we'll see a, a vastly improved Scotland performance yeah I mean I, I think for me my head was that I, I it's the, the, the Tuni Tombola and um, Andy Nicker was talking before the game about the difference between sort of the club game and international level is at club level, you know, the Aviva Premiership, the Pro 14, you get a split second to make your decision, whereas at international level you get no time at all. And I just, I, I, I feel sorry for Chris Harris because in the 20 minutes he had against Samoa, he um, made a mistake and Samoa scored that try. And I just think, I mean, he's 27. I'm just not sure that he's got the speed of thought uh, or the ability to play the game at this level, and I don't. I, that might be harsh, but I'm not really sure. He might be able to do it in training. Townsend said he, he reads the game very well defensively. I'm sure he does, but I think whether you can then transfer that and do it a bit like was it Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where they said, "Can you do it amidst distraction?" You know, can you do it when when there's explosions going off around you, um, when Maid Marian's blowing blowing softly it's on Scott, your cheek, or, or Scott Johnson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, can you can you do it whilst you know you've got seventy five thousand Wales fans cheering, and that's that's the question. And I'm not sure that Chris Harris can do it. And I think 
you know, props mature late. I, I think maybe international centres. I think if you've got to 27 and you're not an internationalist, then you have to question why. Um, Cornel Dupreez, I thought he was getting to grips with international rugby by the end of the autumn, but there was just nothing there at all. He made two tackles all game. Um, one. And missed one, did he as well? Um, <laughs> and Ryan Wilson, who replaced him, made seven, you know, and played less time. Um, made six metres all game, for, which for number eight is just abysmal. And even Byron McGuigan, I don't know, I, you know, I, I, again, I watched the highlights of the Australia game back, and I'm not. I just wonder whether or not when when we're on the when when the team's on the front foot and when people around him are performing well, when everybody you know the other fourteen are doing well, he, he's the kind of player that will get on the on, on the end of things. But I'm not. I think you know um, Seymour and Hogg were, were trying to make things happen, but every time McGuigan got the ball, he just was isolated and he seemed to get turned over. He slowed down into contact as well. There was a couple of instances where he's carrying the ball up, and he's actually it's not even like he's looking for a gap. He actually like nearly stopped and it looked yeah. like he was scared and there was one Alan and Jones absolutely flattened him you're like I wouldn't be slowing down for that mate <laughs> speed, <laughs> up, speed up into it get it over with quicker that's uh, no I was I was really disappointed in McGuigan yeah I thought he was really poor and I can't remember was it Kevin uh, top of the moon Kevin Miller was he writing on our block how many players did he say Tony selected so far for Scotland is it something ridiculous like it's not what I, I, was it 50 or something I feel like. I have a look. Have a look. I'm sure. Yeah. I think it might be something daft like fifty or seventy. Even it's just, and I'm not sure. I think it might. You know, that might work at Glasgow. I'm not sure you can do the Tony Tumble at international level, especially in a game against Wales. I think it's fine in the summer, maybe even in sort of the Fiji and Samoa type tests in the autumn. But I think when you, I I think you need to come down to sort of a settled side and have players that can come in slot in. But I don't. I don't think you can. Sort of chance the likes of Chris Harris against Wales in the opening game of the Six Nations away from home. Yeah, yeah that's that's why Tony gets paid the big bucks, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, it's his his uh, reputation and his head that goes with that. And uh, you know, frankly, if he, if he makes the call with Harris, and we all, uh, I, I, I know certainly, I was looking at the team and went, oh right, all right, okay. So Dunbar's out. Jones is going to twelve, right? Harris. Yeah. Mm, all right. And if it comes off and he has he has game his life, defensive colossus, and we win that game, fine. Tony Tony's judgment is he's a genius. If if it goes like it did on Saturday, we all start going, hmm, in Tony we trust. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I find that find the stat it was uh, total number of players he's about Tony to fifty in his seventh game including nine debuts yeah. um, I mean it's it's interesting actually that he picked Harris at 13 because usually certainly I mean under Cotter at, at least um, but the Scotland teams of the recent past it's pretty much all it's been Dunbar it was Dunbar and Jones yep. and Dunbar is the defensive uh, the defensive linchpin masterminding the defence from 12 and he also carries very you know he gets very little ball so it was an odd sort of choice for me to put I mean I thought I knew Jones could play at 12 because he's he has played at 12 um, but he played you know he's playing more of a sort of second 5'8s kind of 12 rather than uh, rather than marshalling the defence and 
then a lot of the talk was about Harris's defence from 13, which just seemed like an odd... Um, it didn't seem to suit... Because the, the, the way that Scotland certainly play when there's Russell, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, that Dunbar doesn't get enough ball at 12 to, to sort of crash ball because quite often Russell's looping and the ball's either going straight out to Hogg mm. or to Seymour and, you know, occasionally to, to number 13. And obviously we saw the odd occasions that the ball got tossed at 13. They were, you know, hospital passes and um, Harris probably won't have, won't have thanked them. Um, so, yeah, this, the service didn't it didn't do him any didn't do him any favours um, but it well, it did seem like an odd way around to select him and I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it was because he couldn't get either Dunbar or Taylor fit in time and um, that was the way the way that he had to you know he didn't fancy maybe playing Harris at 12 maybe he doesn't play much at 12 if he's more of a 13 slash winger um, that was kind of the way it had to go but then you think well you could maybe stick another centre on the bench and put Horn in at 12 and Horn, you know, Horn and Jones have played together. It'd be a bit, bit lightweight, but the Welsh, you know, the Welsh, that Welsh backline are, are not massive. Whereas, yeah, there's a few people talking about maybe this week. Um, you know, it could be Horn, Horn and Jones, and that might be a little bit lightweight against the, you know, the French monsters. But I guess it'll depend on, um, on Dun, Dunbar's fitness. I, think I mean, he's... I feel, I feel for. He's back, isn't he? I think the the word uh, Taylor's definitely gone back to Saracens, but I think yeah, yeah the suspicion the, the suspicion is that he he's going to be there or thereabouts. Um, I mean, I I feel for I feel for Harris because he's not had few, many many chances, and everybody's writing him off now. But the problem is that Scotland can't afford a bad game, so it's almost like you know back in the old days. If Deluca had a bad game, he would get the next game as a chance to kind of redeem himself. Yeah, because there wasn't really that many, and you know, people have their opinions on on Nick, whatever. Um, I, but I always, you know, I always rated him as a certainly for Edinburgh. He was he was a great player, and he, maybe he never fulfilled his potential or whatever. But um, in an international shirt, you know, he would he would do the throw the silly passes or make the mistakes. Um, but sorry, I. Uh, I digress, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, we're now in a situation in this tournament where we had high hopes that we can't afford that to happen. We've got too much depth in the centres, even with Taylor injured. Um, you know, there's still Dunbar, there's still Bennett, still potentially Greg, who we all kind of who are all familiar with the other players around them who could slot in there. So it's almost it's harsh on Harris, but. He, Townsend can't really afford to give him a chance to redeem himself. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair. Shout. What you you haven't given us your sort of, is that your reason sort of assessment of the was, game, or you, Rory, or you got another any other sort of? Well, no, my my reasoned assessment of the game it's it's strange because we've been looking. I was you know I've been reading all check through all the comments and stuff to make sure that everybody's on their best behaviour and uh, <laughs> so uh, it's a, there's been a, there's been a lot of, lot of reading to do and. Uh, it's um, it's tricky because actually it seems easier to change the backs, but the issue was probably the forwards. Mm. Um, but actually, the forward pack you can't they they actually do need a chance to to sort of to redeem themselves to turn to turn it around. I mean, you could swap Tulis for Gilchrist, but it's not gonna. You wouldn't think it'll make that much of a difference mm. if Tulis has decide. You know, if Tulis comes back to the form that he showed before and steps up. Likewise, McAnally started well, but went off the boil. If they if they can get the line out clicking, 
the scrum was okay. Um, maybe like to see a bit more carrying from the props, but to be honest, the French scrum is probably going to keep them keep them well enough occupied. Um, and yeah, we, obviously the um, I think uh, they'll they'll make a change at number eight. I'd imagine it'll probably be Ryan Wilson comes in, but there's an argument to say that maybe Hamilton or Denton. I'm not sure what Hamilton's fitness is like um, at the moment. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, the forwards basically all they need is they need a rocket to because the backs are only going to get the time that extra time that you were talking about earlier. They're yeah. only going to get that if the forwards have them going forward. Um, I'm looking at the the price um, interception, you know, Scotland had been plugging away for for six minutes with the ball pretty much, but they'd been largely going side to side and you know the demands on the scrum half in the way that Scotland play they have to get the quick ball and the scrum half has to be there to get that quick ball away because everything routes through 9 and 10 so it's quite a sort of it's quite a focused focused way of playing if your 9 and 10 have bad games mm. either one of them let alone both of them then it's going to sort of have a big knock on effect through the rest of the, the team and I mean he looked a little bit you know, he was tired getting to the rucks after the, after six minutes, and he threw that because it was a long period of faces, and they weren't able to break the defence and get moving forward. Um, other than that big grey charge, which we never saw any more of, and and he, you know, so he took the two extra steps and threw the interception, and that was you know a different story from then. Yeah, and he was throwing. Well, I think with that pass, he was throwing. It was a long looping pass to John Welsh at first receiver, which is just. That's, I know he. I yeah. know he did that great chip and chase, but that. that... Yeah, the chip and chase was obviously on. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought. I thought Gordon Reid and Joe Marsh actually had a decent game. I know a lot of people have said they didn't carry particularly well, but they. They. You know, they showed up the scrum. They came in and did the job that they were brought in to do. Um, I think I would start them again and give them another chance. Yeah. I know that. I think, yeah. It's not what Tony's looking for in his props. They're not going to carry the same way as. Ferguson and Nell are, but um, I don't think a game against France and the sort of ridiculous, you know, the, the sort of elephants, the guy that, that France can play, you know, the, the guys that weigh a ton, I think, in either side of their front row are the kind, uh, you know, it's not that's not the time to stick Jamie Batty or even Simon Bergen on. You'll bring them on in the second half, maybe, but I think yeah. the one thing that went well on Saturday was the scrum. Yeah, I think you can't you can't change the. I don't think you changed the front row purely for that that reason. I think the scrum was to all our surprise the the one positive that came out of the weekend. It, it went it was solid. It was we had parity and every pundit in the land said if Scotland gets parity in the scrum, then it's game on. Um, didn't quite work out like that. It was the one. It was the one prediction I made on BBC Radio Wales, which came true, which is that we didn't struggle in the scrum. <laughs> I, I listened to that. That was that was amazing, but possibly with the benefit of hindsight, possibly not not that sensible. No, the 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 saving grace is that they they paid me thirty pounds and I had a lovely curry on Saturday night and a bottle of wine. Oh, nice. <laughs> They never, never paid me anything for going on the radio. Oh. it was, it was. I could, I could hear. Uh, who was the guy that they had on? The, Ian, Ian Evans. Ian Evans. I could hear like the just the incred, incredulity in his voice when you were, you know, you were predicting that it didn't matter if they picked their first team, we would smash them anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
think you know. Yeah. Yeah. Pooed my pants live on air in front of Malcolm, Christie, and Ian Evans. Um, yeah, and they'll they'll never have you back now because they they'll be like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I was so far, I sort of thought if I was really controversial, the chances are that they would have me back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They'll get you back. They'll probably get a good phone in out of it or something afterwards. Yeah, I thought. Well, that's it. I did it for clicks. That's how I did it. Um, have you both had a chance to pick comment of the week? I've gone for um, the yeah. s- I went for the smidge on John's um, ratings. Who said some generous marks there? I'd have had Harris, Russell, and Price on negative scores, as they played like they wanted Wales to win at times. If no one else returns for injury or is called up, then Bennett for Harris and Laidlaw for Price. A straight changes to make. Horn for Russell would give him the shock he needs. Um, I thought Horn for Russell's probably a bit drastic. I- There's an argument for me for Laidlaw for Price just to steady the ship a little bit for a game I don't know um, I don't think that's too drastic I know I, I think Laidlaw's capable of playing organised chaos yeah I mean we were we were actually doing pretty well against France last year in Paris until Laidlaw got injured and Laidlaw and Strauss got injured quite quite close together and they were both having really good games so you know it, I think the, there's certainly a possibility I guess it'll depend how the guys go in training this week I mean there's not going to be too many people who will be disappointed if Price plays, but if Price plays and plays badly, you know, you wouldn't think he's going to get a third star. No. Um, one thing is, in terms of the ratings, there's been quite a bit of debate in the comments section and elsewhere about our ratings. Uh, John's been getting absolute pelters um, <laughs> for giving out zeros. Um, something I can fully sympathise with after last year's Calcutta Cup. Um <laughs> I think there was a suggestion somewhere that if you give a zero for someone, then it's suggesting that they're not good enough to play rugby at all. Um, <laughs> but we've never played rugby. Yeah, uh, we, we've had a chat about this um, amongst ourselves, and what we would like you to do is to um, let us know what you think of the current system um, or come up with your own one. We've had different suggestions so far from gold, silver, bronze... Uh, a meat-based rating system with bacon as the top, as the best meat, uh, right through to, I think, Rory, you were suggesting some sort of computer-generated heat map. Um, the other thing we could do, which I think uh, Al Kerr would like, because he is devastated at the thought of getting rid of these, is we could just do an explanation about what each score sort of means, um, possibly in an article. But if anybody's got any suggestions for how we should rate players in the future, then let us know in the comments section on the blog, Twitter, email however you want to do it we might give Al the final say on it um given that he sort of he didn't come up with player ratings as such but he was the one that started it all off on the blog um so yeah get in touch with you if, if you like what we're doing we're happy to carry on it's just um is there a better way we could do this or do we just need to explain ourselves clearly six is ross ford and ten is uh, i think we've said dan carter against uh, the lions yeah the lions, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we just need to explain what zero means. Um, but uh, no, we've got plen- plenty of examples. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you pick anything up from the blog? Uh, yes, I have. Well, I, I picked two because uh, we were being uh, picked up for not not doing enough comments. Yeah. comments a week. So um, I've got one comment which suggested that the problem was with Scotland was actually the fact that the shorts are blue. And that was from uh, Dr. Finley. I thought, you know, I think he might be. He might be right. I mean, Bales don't play in red shorts; they play in white shorts, right? Yeah. The roof was shut. Um, yeah, yeah, it was dark. Roof, it was dark. <laughs> um, I would also uh, there was a comment 
from Andy, which I thought was probably summed up the kind of mood immediately after, which was people are entitled to show they're not happy at Scotland's uh, Scotland's uh, Saturday's performance was a disgrace. Fans spend hard-earned money following and supporting the team and expect at the very least for it to be competitive. Nobody expects to win every game, but do expect full commitment with the basic, basic things done correctly. Um, things need to change dramatically for next week, otherwise I don't see any remaining games being won. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I would I would say that there's always a chance to, to win to win a game, even if you don't play particularly well. I mean, that's one thing that Scotland have been getting gradually better at over the year, the last couple of years. Excuse me, is um, is actually gr- grinding out the wins when they haven't played particularly well. Certainly, Glasgow have you know, been great at that this season. Um, you know, they're they've only lost what one one game and haven't mm. actually really played well yet, um, apart from against uh, against Exeter in Europe. So, yeah, the, we just want to. I think I think it'll be a different different thing against uh, against France at Murrayfield. Um, you know, for all the slatings that we get for being weak away from home in recent years, the home record has been very good, and we should expect that they're going to they're going to know that, and they're going to want to uh, show a bit of pride in front of their home fans because they're going to know. You know, they're not daft these players; they know mm. that the fans they know that the fans are uh, are going to be extremely disappointed in them, and I mean they've. They've come out this week and um, well, we've, they've started sort of facing the press. We'll probably hear in the next few days some interviews and things, but with what they're what they're saying, what they what did they call it? Honest honesty sessions. Or An honesty session. Well, I've already I, just before we came on, I saw on Instagram that uh, Stuart Hogg was hiding under a staircase, letting off an air horn and scaring Ryan Wilson. So. I think we can safely <laughs> safely say that things are back to normal in the Scotland camp. The shoes are shoes on the other foot, though. Yeah. Uh, see, maybe, but you see, Barkley's not himself. He's not. He's not doing it. He's, he's yeah. Mantle on. That's it. Maybe, maybe Hoggy, Hoggy will be the captain for, for the next game. Well, maybe that um, might that might be a good thing. Maybe maybe the fact that Barkley's now focusing on uh, his his captaincy role rather than planning yeah. putting which wheelie bins I are the guess. best best place to hide. Yeah. Uh, John, did you pick any comments from the blog? Uh, yeah, I sure did. Um, I also had uh, uh, on 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 the other forum. I had a, a lovely suggestion that uh, I ban myself from my own forum, um, which was, <laughs> was, was, was well received. Um, uh, needless to say, I'm not. But hey, uh, so yeah, my favourite was uh, Falkirk, um, who again on my player ratings piece, who has uh, obviously read my bio. And has said, uh, I well, I'll, I'll paraphrase here. Um, you should have stayed in them fancy toilets in Butte. <laughs> Your assessments on giving players zero is pure cack. Do you think players go out to play badly as they did? Bad day in Car- Cardiff. Look for positives, not negatives, or you'll never go forward. I'm as disturbed by the performance as anyone, but zero ratings for players are not helpful. And I absolutely love the first reply from Ginger McGee. Straight up, um, just about an hour later, he says, "Not the nicest way to say you do not agree." <laughs> just absolutely can, brilliant. Can I just check, John? Is is Butte known for its toilets? Butte has um, some fairly spectacular Victorian toilets. Which ah. are one of the uh, one of the the, um, the tourist attractions of the island. Um, I assumed he wasn't talking about the uh, the old sheds up at the up at the meadows, which um, everyone was delighted when they burned down. Um, they, they were fairly <laughs> fairly spectacularly ranked. No, the Victorian toilets are a um, 
right next to the ferry terminal in Butte, and uh, they're very, very pretty if you're on the island. Uh, I'm doing my bit for Butte tourist industry just now. If you're on the island and fancy a visit, pop along and uh, uh, see the sights of the lavies. Oh, nothing if not educational as well. Um, anything else to add, either of you? Are we are we done? Do you think? Have we? Can you take any more? <laughs> um, I would just like to say good luck to the guys on uh, on Sunday against France. Let's uh, let's have something something pleasant for uh, for Brody and Ian to to write about yep. next week. Uh, Brody and Ian will be joining us on the uh, podcast. We try and get uh, guys who've been to cover the games for us on the podcast immediately after, just because they tend to have little snippets of um, things they've seen. Um, I think that's how we found out that Warren Gatlin was having a midlife crisis. Um, yeah. So I'll be uh, Brody and Ian with me next week. Um, Oh, that's it from us. Um, we haven't had time to cover the women's game or the under twenties. Um, you can read uh, Kevin Miller's player ratings on the under twenties game all over on the blog. Uh, we are always looking for people to cover the women's games. If it's something you'd be interested in, please get in touch. You can email uh, Rory at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk uh, or contact us as Twitter, Facebook, however you want to do it. Um, and yeah, um, for the moment, uh, that's it from us. Hopefully. Um, more positives to talk about next week. Uh, bye from me and bye from Rory and John. Bye. Bye, bye now. We believe in Gregor as one by the way. Come on, Scotland. Come on, Scotland.